entrepreneurs are supermen, right? We can do it all. Man, nothing hurts us. Nothing stops us. We just keep going through everything. And then we get knocked down and we get back up and we get knocked down and we get back up and nothing, we just don't quit. But it hurts. And all that getting knocked down and getting back up and trying again takes its toll. You know it does. And it takes its toll not only on you, but on your family, on your business, on your employees, everything. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about stress and burnout and what gets in the way of entrepreneurial success uh, with Dr. Manuel Estruck next on Dash of Grit. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. So I'm excited about today's guest. A lot of times people ask me, when they ask me anything at all, they will ask, hey, how do you find your guests? And we've been doing this for almost a year now here on Dash of Grit, and that's a lot of guests. And most of them come as friends or referrals from friends. And, and that's an easy way to uh, to meet people and, and business relationships and acquaintances that I've built over the years, many years. And so I'm thankful to them. It's also LinkedIn and it's referrals from folks on LinkedIn. It's a great relationship building tool. The reason I tell you this is because I met Dr. Estruck, who you're about to meet, on LinkedIn. And I looked at his his profile and it said, general adult psychiatrist and coach for high achievers. And I said, okay, fine. That's, there's a lot of those folks. Okay. I dug a little bit deeper and it says this, serving entrepreneurs who suffer from self-inflicted sabotage. And I said, holy cow, that's Dash of Grid. And so I was thrilled for, to uh, Justin Breen for the referral and I'm thrilled to meet and let all of our folks here at Dash of Grit meet uh, Dr. Manuel Astruck. Dr. Astruck, welcome to Dash of Grit. I mean, it's, it's such a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And I'm excited to hear and share your story because I know self-inflicted entrepreneurialism, it's almost the same thing. <laughs> a lot of entrepreneurs say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I'm crazy. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got my stuff. Um, and so we can be our own worst enemy. So I'm, I'm excited to learn more about that. And so before we do, Dash of Grit is all about pain and struggles and hurt and burnout and things that we're going to talk about. But let's first talk about success. Dr. Astruck, uh, what can you share with me? What are you proudest about? Tell me about what you're doing now uh, with your next act, your coaching business, and as a general psychiatrist, what are you most proud of? So there's probably two big things right now. Uh, in my psychiatric practice for many, many years, I was what uh, Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach calls a rugged individualist. So okay. I wanted to keep things simple and drama-free. So I just worked hard by myself. Um, and recently I discovered the, the um, absolute joy and pleasure of having collaborators on board. So I hired two nurse practitioners uh, about a year ago. And, and it's just been uh, something that I guess you do what you need to when you're ready. But I wish I'd done that six, seven years ago. It's been great. Um, and then the second thing is in my coaching business, four years ago, I, I made a decision to start putting out my own content. So for many years, I was learning and listening to, to other people on podcasts and audiobooks. And four years ago, I started a daily morning musing on Facebook. Um, and this morning, 
Facebook showed me a memory from four years ago and it was oh, wow. just so much fun oh, man. listening to, to myself from four years ago. And it was a timeless message that, you know, my third morning musings that I did was uh, really, really good. Your third one. And isn't that something? So entrepreneurs start and all we can think about is the future, you know, mm-hmm. but then all the hurdles that are right now and a lot of folks won't start. What they don't think about, right, is that one specific moment when you look back and you see, and you weren't aware of that third thing that you did. And now you look back and you're like, holy cow, I'm so glad I took that step. I mean, is that accurate for an entrepreneur? hundred uh, percent. And, yeah. and the, other, the other piece that's so interesting was I remember those early days, how hard I was on myself with yeah. how I was coming across and what I was saying, what I forgot to say and how I meant to say it. Like all I could think of was, was, um, you know, how I wanted to sound and how I wasn't there, but listening to it today, I was like, that was pretty good. Not so bad. <laughs> I was impressed. We get in our own way, don't we? Holy cow. We, we, we think we have an idea, but we're not good enough. We can't I'm do not good enough. someone else can do. Right. And, and you look back and you sure could. And, and boy, a lot of people don't even give that start. You know, they don't even have a chance to look back. And so they don't know what they're missing. So, right. so Dr. Astrick, I, I am just thrilled to know. I'm excited to talk about uh, the self-sabotage and things of entrepreneurs, but I think to get there, let's learn about you. I want to learn about uh, your growth. I want to learn about hurdles that you had to overcome. I want to I want to talk about grit that you had to overcome to get to the successful place that you are now. And Brian, what I'm going to do first is I'm going to take off my Dr. Astrick hat and I'm going to put on my, my coaching hat because when, when I'm in my psychiatric role with, with patients and with others, we do not self-reveal. The, the standard of care is that it's all about the person who's sitting across from me mm. and, and their pain and their struggles. And we don't interject with our own. Um, it's just a boundary that we maintain. But in coaching, it's a little bit different. Um, it's not all about me, but it's helpful in coaching to reveal. And, and that's what you're asking me to do. And it's what I'm here for. Yes, um, so it was uh, September 2008. And I was completely burnt out. And 2008 was a hard year in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So I had a very successful psychiatric practice. I was as busy as I could be. Um, I had accomplished all the goals that I wanted to, uh, but I was just miserable. I, mm-hmm. I was emotionally exhausted. I was cynical and I wasn't feeling effective at my job. And the month before, in August of 2008, my twin sister, Magdalena, had passed away from a brain tumor uh, that she'd suffered with. And she had really shown me how to live while, while she was suffering from a brain tumor. She, she smiled every day. She was grateful every day. Uh, and the next month, I was staring at a picture of her, and she was beaming in this picture, and I really made a commitment. It was, it was so striking how miserable I was and I was healthy and successful. And, and you know, she had shown such a, a great attitude while she was sick that I, I had to make a change. I, I drew a line in the sand. There was a moment of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to commit to enjoying the ride no matter what. And, and that's what I proceeded to do over the, the you know, next 12 years to, to get myself to here. Uh, and so before we get that, I'm interested and I hope I'm not prying too much. Were you, were you burnt out already while your sister was alive and showing you 
how to live? Were you already burnt out and didn't know it? Or was there, what, what caused the burnout and what caused you to realize how burnt out you were? It's a great question. Burnout happens over time. It, it's not like getting appendicitis, right? So you're fine and then you have appendicitis, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's something that develops over time. So I had been progressively more burnout and, and it starts, um, I'll, I'll use the analogy of heights. Like, you know, we know when someone's tall, um, like if they're seven feet tall, they're, they're tall, but there's not a sharp cutoff where now you're tall. Like, hmm. was it six, two, is it six, four, is it six, six? Um, so with a lot of things, including burnout, it's not a sharp on off. It's, it's a progressive getting worse and worse and worse. It's like the frog in the boiling water. Yeah, exactly. So I was, I was in the process of feeling more and more miserable for probably years before, you know, that moment in time when it was really, um, you know, kind of the, the, the life altering moment of really coming to terms with, I've got to do something. And can you, can you look back and identify what was causing the burnout? I think our listeners might want to know, you know, what, Abs- what was he feeling? Yeah. So absolutely. The, the factors that are, well, I'll tell you for me what they were. And then like in general, what, what they tend to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, I was facing, uh, financial hardships and, um, you know, six kids, college coming up, you know, oh there was a lot of stress and anxiety. The way that I had uh, dealt with financial troubles was by opening up more work hours. Like, like what I knew how to do was to mm-hmm. work harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's, that's the self-inflicted sabotage, right? So, oh. so when, when, ah. you know, when I was in, in, you know, high school and then college and then med school, what I always relied on was, was working harder. Your ability can, to do more. Yeah. Yeah. I can think back to McDonald's. Uh, you know, when I was 16, I started working at McDonald's and I found out that if I punched in a little bit early, I'd get a little more money. If I worked a little harder, it was, it was like ka-ching. Yeah. And, and I thought I had like discovered something amazing. Um, uh-huh. I, and, and I could volunteer for more hours and then there'll be more money at the end of it. But, but that's a, um, that's a strategy that doesn't work that long. So yeah. I was working longer and longer hours. I was not getting the, the financial freedom and the rewards that were allowing me to, to make changes, um, in, in my lifestyle to, to, to back off. So the dream was always to have more freedom of time, um, and um, the the work that I was doing that, that I do every day is is challenging work, high demand, with um, potentially catastrophic problems if I mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so I'm dealing with people who are depressed and suicidal, or you know, students who are you know stressed out, and we don't know we know what they're going through. It's an age where lots of things can get you know topsy turvy in many ways. So it's a very stressful um, position to be in, and we only have so much control. So a lack of feeling control, a lack of feeling that gratification. You're just focused on like the stress of it all, and more and more time spent in work to to solve the problem mm-hmm. rather than um, you know taking the time off to think about the problem. 
And so you're still in that spot though. So you're yeah. ready to transition. You realize that you're burnout, but you still got, I think you said six kids, you've still got college bills, you've still yeah. got the job and and all the needs. And so how do you how do you understand how to pivot and what how do you make that decision to change? So what I did um was to start with the things I could control. And I knew something had to change. I didn't know what it was. And, and a couple of things fell out. But, but the immediate actions that I took was to take the focus off of all those things, the bills, the, the, the worries, the business, um, the stress. And I, I put the focus on those things that I could change. And it's, it's really all about like trying to get my energy back up. So I focused on starting to exercise again. Hmm. Um, so I had exercise habits that would last a week where I'd hit the gym hard, you know, an hour at a time and I'd be so happy and it would last about a week. Um, and what I started doing this time around was saying, I'm going to do five minutes every day. Um, and then when I'm able to do five minutes every day for a protected period of time, you know, so it was like a couple of push-ups, a couple of crunches, you know, yeah. a couple of jumping jacks. Um, but once I'm doing that every single day and there's no excuse not to do five minutes, you know, I can go to 10 minutes or 15 minutes. So I, I built up an exercise pro, uh, process that, that I've continued. Okay. Um, I focused on eating better. My, my diet was just absolutely, um, less than ideal. Um, and, uh, rather than change it all at once, I just focused on one meal. I changed my breakfast. Um, and I said, there'll be hmm. more changes that I can make, but I'm just going to start with one thing that I can sustain. And then I'll add on that. I cut out negativity. I cut out news. I, um, hmm. uh, cut out my morning sports radio, which I loved. I love, you know, sports. Sports and I love excellence, but there was just too much negativity and drama. Yeah, um, yeah. And I replaced. You're it preaching with, to the choir here. I've done those things too, as far as yeah. getting rid of negativity, turning off the yeah. sports. It's, there's no place yeah. for it anymore. Okay, yeah. go ahead. And I, I um, picked up things like this, like podcasts awesome. and um, audiobooks, things that help to inspire me and to motivate me. And I, I developed a desire for you know, a bigger future. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. Like initially I thought that what I wanted was more money. So it was like business ideas and you know, I could do this or I could do that. It, it was starting to, to think about a way out of my predicament that was not just working harder. It was working different. Um, and the business stuff was, was the first iteration. I found that money was not a good motivator for me, even though it seemed like it was the problem. Mm -hmm. you know, what, what ended up really inspiring me to, to start to make changes. And, and let me just uh, like put parentheses around that. The, uh, my life today doesn't look that much different. I still work a lot of hours, but my yeah. attitude's like very, very different. Um, I got inspired to, you know, help people to make changes in their life, help more people to help more people. But it was an inspiration about transformation for others. And, and, and so before we talk, and I'm interested in that part, I want to know one more thing from you though, because I, I talk with a lot of folks that an entrepreneur is very similar. I'm going to, I'm going to start this thing. I'm not going to see the benefits for quite a while. So here you are burnt out, struggling, working too many hours, just putting yourself all in the wrong spot. You make a decision. I mean, is it that easy or did it, it had to have caused some pain along the way to focus on yourself as opposed to just working more hours. Did you ever question what you were trying to, to do to, to get out of that state? 
Um, so it for me at that point it was that easy. Okay. The, the reality is that I'd been so miserable for so long. There was just um, no other option. That that the commitment to something has to change. Yeah. And and the commitment to enjoy the ride. You know, the other thing that happened with that commitment for me and thinking about my sister was that I put up blinders to my own negative thinking. I did not um, allow myself to, to go down that rabbit hole of, you know, money, stress, work hours, nothing's ever going to be different. You know, all, all the negative chatter that I would wallow in all, like it would still come up. It still comes up. But I put up blinders and said, I'm just not going to pay attention to it. It's all about, you know, focusing on what I can do. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat. I'm going to think about the future. And in those blinders and that commitment that I'm going to like really focus on enjoying things, Magdalena could do that. Mm. Um, you know, when she had brain cancer and four kids, uh, you know, I can do that. Yeah. So she was an inspiration. She was living that life and, and without her, you, you, you saw a void and you were able to step in and that impacted you. Yeah. So such an inspiration. She was such an inspiration. And yet you weren't able, why did it take, and and again, if I'm too personal, tell me, I'll move on to something else, but why did it take her passing for you to realize how burned out you were and how you needed to follow in those steps? Um, I mean, I think that we all hit bottoms. So I was, yeah. I was probably there were multiple places in, in that there were opportunities to have a paradigm shift. Um, so, for instance, if if we go back years, you know, I had problems with alcohol, and um, you know, ultimately uh, stopped drinking. I'm an alcoholic, and there were many times that alcohol caused problems in my life. Like, why did that particular time that I decided that I was going to stop? Like, what message? You know, my my wife like said a like something's got to change, or. Um, so we get those moments. We get those moments of pain where we can make a transformation, a paradigm shift and change things in our lives. And oftentimes we ignore that, right? So I, I probably had multiple times that I could have had that, but things were getting more and more painful. And it was literally looking at a picture of her after she'd passed away Um where it was the line in the sand and it's like, no more, no yeah. more. And, and so if we move forward, then you're working with these folks and you've got yourself on, on a, on a right plane. When do entrepreneurs come to you when they're at the bottom, do you help them get to the bottom and see what that looks like? Tell me how you work with these, these folks who are trying to accomplish the, the, uh, making themselves better, making their businesses better, things like that. So this, process for me has been 12 years in the making. And um, about four years ago is when I doubled down on going into coaching. Um, Over those 12 years, there were a lot of what um, I call adjacent possibles, um, where I tried small projects that were um, like learning leadership and trying to teach leadership, which I really believe in. Um, but I couldn't as a psychiatrist sell leadership, right? So these adjacent possibles were, um, projects that required not a huge investment of time or, or money, but I would try them out and ultimately making the decision to go into coaching, um, came after, uh, I read 
Brene Brown's mm -hmm. Daring Greatly and mm -hmm. the man in the arena speech, which I just kind of blew my mind. Yes, <laughs> I said, I've got to get in the arena because the idea of coaching was in my mind, but um, I was afraid of what people would think. So I'm a professional, I'm a psychiatrist going into coaching in my mind meant taking a step backwards, getting into something that was the wild west. Um, but uh, I, I had an aspiration to, in, in, in psychiatry, we help people get from not functioning at their baseline back to their baseline. Mm -hmm. Coaching is about following the next trail of dreams mm. and, and getting people to perform at their highest levels in, in the ways that they want to. Um, and I said, yeah, that, that's, that's a worthwhile pursuit. So uh, I started with groups of my, my clients who were interested in the next level. The next Many step. people were not. And this was a very general group of folks. And I, I ran um, that for a year and a half before COVID hit. And in all the marketing uh, uh, lessons that I have learned and listened to and talked to marketers, everyone says you've got to niche down. So I was always mm -hmm. afraid of niching down. But the folks that I really loved working with were entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs get stuff done. Um, they <laughs> invest in themselves. They've generally got a growth mindset. Um, they want that next step. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they want that next step. So they're mm -hmm. hungry to, to, you know, help themselves get there. And I, I just loved working with them. So when COVID hit, uh, I shut down my live local workshops and I had an aspiration to work with entrepreneurs, but I thought it was going to be like a five-year journey mm -hmm. to, to, to get myself like ready to do that. And I said, it's time to double down and, and start working with entrepreneurs. Um, so I'm working right now one-to-one -one with uh, people who've heard of me mm -hmm. and it's been one-to-one -one referrals from, from people that know me so far. Um, and what I do is we start off with, you know, kind of real classic stuff. Where are you? Where do you want to be? And what's in your way? And typically, uh, where are where are they? When entrepreneurs come to you, what kind of grit do they need to show? Where are they in the in the pipeline of success? It, so, so the N, the number is relatively low. Right? So, yeah. so each one has their own story, but each of them starts with being at a pain point. So, so mm -hmm. for one, it can be that they've had, you know, kind of their own personal life stories and things that they're dealing with. Um, that are uh, dragging them down and, and stressing them out um, and, and keeping them from functioning as fully as they want in their business. For another, it's working way too many hours, that doubling down on work harder, work harder, work harder, and they need the help to, to kind of bring themselves back and, and they see the journey that I've made and they wanted that help. For, for someone else, it was a transition point in their entrepreneurship where um, they, they really needed to get clarity as to why they were no longer um, happy and uh, how to get the, the, like their, their contentment and, and fulfillment back mm -hmm. that, that they lost. Um, mm -hmm. But so everyone's different, but there's always a bottom that, that someone's hitting when they reach out for, for help. And the, the thing that I have is, you know, 20 plus years of experience working with individuals. Yep. I have my own personal journey of, of, you know, 
stuff that I've had to, to overcome. And, and then I'm an entrepreneur as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, these three things are uh, what allow me to get people who are at the top of their games um, and are willing to pay to get the results um, yeah. that they need. And, and how hard is it when they come to you? Typically, are they on their way down? Do they realize they're where they're at? Uh, do are they on the way to the bottom? Are they already at the bottom? Um, where do you typically see entrepreneurs who realize, "Holy cow, I need help. I can't do this on my own." They might not even realize they have a personal issue. They're just tired of banging their heads against the ceiling. And and so, where do they typically find their own bottom and find you? No, so that's that's a great question. Um, and here's the thing to remember about bottoms. Um, okay. Bottoms are contextual. So I can hit a bottom and say, oh my gosh, that was terrible. I've, but we'll accommodate to that bottom and then we'll have another bottom, mm. right? So um, I'll, I'll give an example from AA, mm -hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous. So when Alcoholics Anonymous was first formed, the, the members of the, the founding members all had very, very low bottoms. Um, lots of struggle and tragedies and, and wreckage that, that their lives had had. Um, and as, as they formed their groups and they started working with other people with alcohol problems, what they were able to do was to show people like, this is what's happening with your drinking. Your bottom doesn't have to be as low as mine. Mm. Um, so, so the, these are the, the flagpoles, right? Here's a pain point. Here's a pain point. Here's a pain point. And as you're crossing these, keep in mind that, you know, it doesn't stop there. This is where you're <laughs> heading. Yeah. And and so an individual's bottom, to, to some extent, really depends on uh, how much it's hurting them and their ability to um, recognize that they're on a trajectory that that is not going to get better. Right. There's there's yeah. a there's a there's a vector that that we're on. There's a trip, there's a journey. And if you don't get off that ride, you know, it, it's not changing. What what's more important to an entrepreneur, the vision of success or the pain at the bottom? What motivates them more in your experience? Well, I think when entrepreneurs get started, you know, the 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 vision of, of freedom is is what they want. They they um, mm -hmm. desire that. And they are um, just beasts at being able to, to work and take risks and do things that most uh, people just don't want any part of, right? Yeah, they don't even know that they, exists, that level of, of engagement. They don't even know it's out there. Yeah. yeah. So, so their tolerance for being in pain is pretty high. Okay. Um, hmm. and, and a lot of times, you know, the, the, the message that, is is uh that they need to hear is like you don't have to live like that anymore right there's hope change is possible um and and what you're experiencing now there's another way to live wow. um yeah and and so the idea of pain tolerance we think that makes us tough we think yeah. wow i can take anything i just keep going and keep going but yeah. pain is real and it does damage on you and so i think you didn't say this but i think i'm inferring here that for entrepreneurs, they are at even greater risk of hitting a harder bottom faster because they're just taking the pain and, and, but that pain's doing damage. They don't even know it. 
Yeah. So um, it wrecks uh, relationships. Yeah. Uh, wrecks your health and and people die. Like people die. I know you can't give me examples. I don't want to ask for it, but I'm interested in what success looks like for you. Maybe what uh, you're most proud of when you see it in your, your, I don't know if you're called patients, your coaching uh, participants, you know, what, what turns you on as far as success on their side when they're moving through the process? Um, so success, like the, the, the ability to, to define success uh, that I use the most comes from Kathy Colby, who, who runs the Colby Corporation, which is a great test for folks, but she says that success is the freedom to be yourself. And the, the success that I'm looking for with my entrepreneurs when, when they're working with me is really when they start to get their confidence um, mm-hmm. and their eyes light up and you know their energy's up, their confidence is up, their engagement, enthusiasm, inspiration uh, is coming. That's just like, uh, you know, that makes my day. Makes you, my week, makes my month, makes your life, and, and it makes everyone that's yeah. come before you proud of you. And, and I'm wondering, so if that's what success looks like, is there a bullet point, uh, quick list that you can share with our audience of of what the symptoms are of underlying pain? Uh, when people come to you, they might be saying, "I'm struggling with this, this, and this." What are what are those common symptoms we should be looking for? So great question. The uh, so stress, like everybody has stress. So it's like when does stress become bad for you? Um, stress becomes bad when it's starting to interfere with your functioning and your relationships Mm -hmm. and burnout, the three hallmarks of burnout, and they start small and then they get bigger. But first is that emotional exhaustion. You're no longer juiced up, um, in the morning. And at the end of the day, you just wiped. Second is cynicism, the sense of Mm -hmm. just kind of snarky, like the world's no longer really a good place. Um, and then third is no longer feeling like you're good at your job, like your sense of um, hmm. uh, ability to, to engage and to affect change in your job is is getting you know worse and worse. Interesting. And so those those things are are complete contrast to the fact. You know, we we didn't get worse at our job. We're still we're actually getting better at our job, and the world is not a terrible place. We know it's a great place, and yet we're feeling those things, and that's an obvious sign that we need to to turn something around. And that exhaustion, right? That that yeah. emotional exhaustion is is uh, crippling. And we know it shouldn't be there, and so and that and that's just but not sometimes normal. Sometimes we don't right? know, right? So so mm-hmm. a lot of times we we um, will rationalize these things away. Uh, yeah, especially when so- you're just go go go, and you can handle the pain. Like you said, with the frog in the in the water that gets getting hotter and hotter. So we're exhausted because I'm working yeah. so much. Um, I'm cynical because, you know, you know, all these people are complaining or, you know, whatever. Um, and and I don't feel like I'm, you know, good at my job because I'm constantly having to make decisions and I'm only looking at the things that are going wrong instead of the things that are going right. Right. So we can always justify these things, but to start to get the message that, you know, maybe it's a sign of something else um, earlier and earlier so that we can do something about it. What is uh, for Dr. Astrak? What what are you looking for in the future? You you're still showing grit. You're an entrepreneur. You're not giving up. You see, and you want to climb and do great things. Um, What what's on the horizon that you need to show grit for as you move forward into the next uh, phase of what you're working on? 
the next levels for me is that, you know, um, I'm cutting back more and more in my private practice. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a little bit of a scary Scary. because yeah. I'm seeing less patients and that's where I generate most of my revenue. Um, however, I need to start to clear space that to be thinking and strategizing and working on building out your next act. Uh, I've got a top, my, my first 10 one-to-one clients that I'm growing uh, and want to fill that up. There'll be some group coaching that that'll be developing after that. But a big piece of what I'm wanting to put out into the world as as knowledge and as a benefit to, to others is really how to more deliberately put happiness into your life. I've got a, a model for, for happiness, so energy first, then learning and growing, um, connecting mm-hmm. the, the uh, blazing your own trail. And, and really a commitment to enjoy the ride. And each of these, we could you know take days to unpack, but I, I want to be talking more and more and, and showing folks how to design your life around this, no matter where you are uh, in, in your trajectory um, and helping more people to help more people. That That's the bottom line. Yeah. And so staying on task, staying on mission, showing the grit that you need to do not to fall back into old spaces, not to count on the income of the psychiatrist, yeah. uh, you know, in the past, but to follow your dreams and continue to do the work you're doing that shows grit and that's entrepreneurial grit. So congratulations on those steps. No, thanks so much. So I, I, uh, you're in Sarasota. And so let's, Saratoga, let's, Saratoga, 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 New York. Yeah, yeah. And so when you see new patients or, or, or new uh, coaching participants, are you seeing them virtually? Is it all locally? And, and if someone wanted to reach out to you, you know, how would they do so? And, and how can they interact with you? So right now everything's being done virtually. And so anyone in the country can talk to that's you. That's right. Okay. Anyone. That's so a that pretty was, wide audience. That was in when the pandemic hurt last last June. Um, I said, you know, I've got to go big. Um, yeah. and and so my target market is all over, and um, I can now work with anybody um, who has access to the internet. Uh, and where people can find me, manuelastruc.com, and that's M A N U E L A S T R U C dot com has all my contact information and um there's a little video about uh what i think is our greatest superpower okay so check that out and and uh just a little quick uh, note for for us here at spire uh to let you know kind of what we do dr astro talks about uh grit and talks about overcoming challenges and and realizing when there's just too much on your plate and you need to focus in on what you do best and i think that's where spire can help if you're a small business a medium-sized business that is trying to get through the hurdles trying to overcome uh the the challenges that are keeping you from the next stage we come alongside from a marketing vein and help folks uh uh kind of put their strategies in place, the plans in place, generate the revenue that you need to accomplish the dreams that you have. And so that's what we do. We kind of become a part, uh, a team, a part of your business. And so if you need to know more about us, we're at spiread.com. I am Brian Leffelock. I'm the director of sales at Spire, and I'm the host here of Dash of Grid. And I want to thank you, Dr. Astruck, for sharing with us the vulnerability in the past and and the, the, the story of your sister. And I know, in fact, I'll let you tell me, as she looks at you now and looks down at you now, um, what do you think she's most proud of in, in the grit that you've shown? Oh, so I think that she's just smiling and um, 
glad that I've got the the freedom to be myself. Yeah. Yeah, very good. And and, uh, and so I hope that the, the listeners now are, are realizing, I will tell you this, when when I read the uh, uh, self-inflicted sabotage, I thought that for entrepreneurs, that meant I can't do it. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm always going to be stuck. I can't get started. I can't get started. And you're completely the opposite. You're thinking that it's, you've already done it and you're about to completely self-destruct and fall apart. And, um, and, and that happiness that you're able to show now is truth and evidence of, of how, you know, not, not to let that happen and to fix it if it does. So thank you for sharing. I appreciate you being a guest on Dash of Grit. Uh, it's been a blast. Great interview. Thanks. Thank you. Folks, we do this once a week. Uh, take a look at the old episodes and, and uh, please be here for the next one. Until then, uh, get gritty, win the day, and we'll see you next time on Dash of Grit. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things.